yet. Take your seats! Please, God! Line. Can we just go back, please? Can we just cut? Can we just cut? I am killing you. And the Oscar goes to Leonardo DiCaprio. Welcome back to another episode of Losing It Over Leo, a, a new show uh, where we talk about everything that Leonardo DiCaprio has ever done. Well, mo- most, mostly just the movies, actually. Uh, yeah, not, so his, uh, are... not his environmental efforts, unfortunately. Yeah, we're going to... Those might actually come up at some point. I don't know if it's going to be <laughs> relevant to any of the movies, but like, it feels like it might be. You're probably right, yeah. What was but, I thinking? Uh, primarily, we're staying away from that. And we definitely are for now, because uh, where we are, he's still about 19 years old. Yeah, this is actually uh, done in the same year as our last episode was uh, This Boy's Life. And our last episode, you guys may know, we did this year. Uh, and also, uh, this movie that we're going to talk about today was done in the same year. Uh, I, I think it was, well, it was released in the same year, probably filmed in the same year as This Boy's Life. So, uh, Pierre, why don't you tell us a little bit about What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Uh, so, What's Eating Gilbert Grape is a movie starring Johnny Depp this time. One, probably one of the few times we're going to have a movie where Leonardo DiCaprio isn't the main, the lead actor. Um, yeah, but it's very important in this one, actually, hmm. that he's not the main actor, because this is his first Oscar nomination. It is, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so we follow uh, Gilbert Grape, whose name, or who's played by Johnny Depp, and uh, once again, this is kind of about his life. He lives in this very small town where nothing happens. Um, and he is dealing, he is balancing his responsibilities of being um, basically like the head of the family in a lot of ways. Um, kind of, where, yeah. Because his, he has an extremely overweight mother who hasn't, left the house in seven years and also doesn't seem to really get up from the couch um, mm-hmm. probably in a very long time as well. And, um, and his uh, mentally, mentally challenged uh, younger brother played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he struggles balancing this with his, uh, his affair, <laughs> his affair with an elder, with a local mother. And uh, a young Mary Steenbergen as well. I don't know if yeah. that name says anything to you, but oh yeah, okay. I, well, I, I recognize her um, from I don't know Step Brothers, and that's well, the only one I can think of right now. Uh, and also, damn it! Oh, and and while he also finds a new interest in someone that's more his age, and, right? Uh, 
yeah, the movie's just about him trying to find cha- challenged by wanting to grow up, but feels held back by his family essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what are your thoughts, Jeff? On what's eating Gilbert Grape? Um, well, I liked it, but also I think I do have to say again, like last week, uh, this is not really my kind of movie. It's another domestic struggle movie, and it was very good for that. Um, but it's not, it's not really my thing. So I'm still looking forward to other Leonardo DiCaprio movies a little more, I guess I would say, which, I mean, that, I don't know, that's probably kind of a non-issue now that I think about it. But uh, the, I, um, I did like this movie. That's what I'm trying to say. And it was, very, it was very well acted. It had a really, really strange cast. It was another one that was just sort of a, well, I, I think this, I don't know that uh, we talked about this in This Boy's Life, because I don't think it was kind of, it was quite the same thing, but we've talked about this in other uh, episodes of our, um, of our regular show, like in Need for Speed. It was really interesting, because this cast is like almost exclusively people who would become big names. They weren't actually small names at the time, but like uh, you've got Leonardo DiCaprio, you've got Johnny Depp, who was just kind of, hitting his stride as a movie actor. He was known, but he wasn't like an a, a super A-lister yet. When was uh, Edward Scissorhands? What year was that? Was that 97? I want to say 97. Okay. Then this movie was and 93, right? 93, yes. Yeah. 10 years before Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And um, then you have John C. Riley, who like would become a megastar as soon as Chicago came out. Yeah. Uh, about 10 years later. You've got, is it Christian Slater? The guy who played the dad in, um, God, what's it called? Back to the Future? Uh, I don't remember. Fair enough. But he's, he's the guy that played the dad in Back to the Future. I don't think it's Christian Slater. Uh, I'm blanking on the oh. name right now. But oh, uh, then you also have Mary Steenburgen, who I don't know that she did a whole lot of big movies after this. Huh, she looks she really did. familiar to me. I don't know why. I'm trying she's to think of why. She's a supporting character in a lot of movies, and she's also done quite a few TV shows. Mm, yeah. There's a, she gets a lot of work. There's one role I, I feel like I really know her from, but I can't put my thing. I, I went through a Wikipedia, and I still couldn't think of what it was, but yeah. For me, it's the last man on earth because I think she's like the third build on it, um, which is a series from a couple of years ago on Fox, I think. Um, and also, it had uh, what's her name, Juliette Lewis? Is it Juliette Lewis that was the main uh, love interest? Oh, never mind. I've mixed the names around. That's the one. Right. The, that's the one who looks really familiar, and I can't tell from my. Juliet Lewis, is that her name? I think so. Hmm. I could be wrong anyway. on that. Anyway, this, uh, this had like a crazy cast to look back on. Um, it was so bizarre seeing like Johnny Depp, John C. Riley, and Christian, again, blanking on the name. I'm going to figure this out. Uh, but anyway, those three all sitting together just all the time because like... Yeah. It's weird. I don't think I don't think that most of these people have been in movies together since. Um, I'm not, not going to say yeah, it's not, never happened, but like they're not frequent collaborators for sure. If it was anyone, 
I can see Leo. Actually, no, I, I doubt Leo and Johnny have been in a movie together since. They then. have not. I'm yeah. very certain they haven't. Okay. <laughs> Crispin Glover. That's who I'm thinking of. There you go. You got it. Okay. Um. But yeah. Anyways, uh, do you want to do you want to get into specifically Leonardo DiCaprio, or should we go around first and then start talking um, about? Well, I do actually have a lot to say about a lot of the different characters in this, but let's let's start with talking about Leonardo DiCaprio because if we don't start now, we might forget, and I don't think we would, but we don't want <laughs> to do true. that. Yeah. So, what did you think of Leonardo DiCaprio in this? Uh, unrecognizable, if I'm going to be honest. I was so yeah. surprised. Because I, I remember last week I was kind of saying, like, yeah, Leo, he always has that little kind of some part of him leaks into the role. And you can kind of tell this is like a Leo mannerism. This was, I could not, I couldn't believe it, honestly. It was amazing how, how, yeah. I, honestly, like, it was really hard for me to buy it. Like four years later, this would be this guy would be like, like probably the sexiest guy in Hollywood, essentially. Um, well, yeah, because there's there's an entire part of this movie that's just devoted where Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, Arnie, I think it's Arnie Grape. Arnie. He just yeah, decides Arnie. he just decides to not take a bath anymore, and that's for like an hour of the movie where he's just constantly getting dirtier and grosser to look at. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was interesting. Um, I didn't think, like, I don't know. I'm, like, these, the kind of role where you, you play someone with a, some kind of mental, uh, um, uh, mental illness, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, they're really, there's, they're kind of, not glorified, but they're really, how do you, like, because, you know, there's, there's that thing where people are always saying how, um, that's the role like if you can do that well you'll get an oscar like easily yeah, i i think i know what you're saying I because mean, i don't know if oscar bait is quite the right term here but like kind of it's kind of, well it's referenced i remember they referenced it a lot in tropic thunder um mm -hmm. and uh because it's like i guess the way it's such a complex because you, you you're essentially um any any it's really i guess it's really hard to play a character like that at least on paper yeah. from what people can tell mm -hmm. so it's it's given some uh an already kind of prestige so i'm i'm hesitant to say that like it it took an ex an amazing amount of talent be because like i i still think it was really good but then like i feel like i might be over hyping it because of my preconceived like challenge for playing uh that character if that yeah. makes sense I, I get what you're saying. Um, this movie actually reminded me a lot of uh, a movie that came out last year. Have you seen <laughs> The Peanut Butter Falcon? No. Uh, so it's a movie about um, a, a, a young man with Down syndrome who um, goes on an adventure with Shia LaBeouf to meet a wrestler. And yeah. they are not, these movies are not super similar, but it reminded me of that kind of because this is about two characters. They're both about characters that have a pretty serious mental illness and i i have a hard time judging this one because in the peanut butter falcon it's actually played by like the main character is actually played by an actor with down syndrome mm -hmm. and then in this one it's played by leonardo dicaprio who i think does a good job 
but it's also kind of hard for me to gauge because he's also, I mean, he's clearly, he clearly doesn't have whatever he's playing, right? Well, and so wait, like you can tell through his like as acting, or just like you know, he's you know Leonardo well, DiCaprio, he's not. I mean, that's, that's the thing is I, I think that sort of makes it harder for me to judge because I know that Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have anything. So yeah. when I'm watching him play this role, it's hard for me to judge, like, is he doing it good, well, or is he handing it up too much? Or I, I would really like a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like I just can't judge it very well. That's fair. I, I want to say, like, I feel like nowadays it might be kind of um like oh okay in roles like this are do they do they try to hire like people with like the condition they're trying to portray that makes sense because i know sorry i know they do that like in breaking bad i noticed they were very they were very adamant that they hired i can't remember the condition the 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 child cerebral palsy yeah and he like he actually had it um, mm-hmm. And that was, I thought that was really, it was a cool way because like, obviously the actor can relate to those problems more. Um, yeah. And therefore I, like, in my opinion, I think it's like more diverse hiring and then also like, it's, it's probably like a more convincing performance or it's better. Yeah. Um, and some of my favorite performances by any actors are when they can like, not necessarily ad lib, but they bring something into their performance from personal experience. So you can tell when an actor is doing that. Yeah, um, exactly. Which and, is nice. I think that adds to mm-hmm. it. And actually, I guess on that note, what I did like about like, whether this was an accurate portrayal or not, this was like a really transformative role for Leonardo DiCaprio because he was entirely unrecognizable as Leonardo DiCaprio in this. I guess that probably doesn't matter at this point in his career because no one knew him anyway. But yeah. um, but well, he was until... entirely unrecognizable. And also he did bring a lot into this because he went full method for this. Like he went to a, uh, a home for um, kids with mental disabilities and like stayed there for a couple of months and just like tried to figure out this role. Oh, cool. I didn't actually know that. That's so he did actually like go through the work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it showed... Because yeah, he did. Yeah, a, he did. Like honestly, I can see why he won uh, an Oscar for this performance. Yeah. He didn't win an Oscar. I mean, he never nominated. won an Oscar until later yeah, on, yeah, but he was nominated. Not. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he definitely like so. Yeah, a lot of respect. Um, but yeah, it's just again, I think it's hard for both of us to judge honestly. For sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean if we lay aside the accurate, the whether or not it was accurate, I do think this is a really good performance that shows off that he's an incredible actor, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah especially like, because, he was night, what, 19 when he did this? I, I, yeah. That's, that's actually really good. And um, this is, and, in, and even though the movies, uh, this and This Boy's Life, so This Boy's Life and What's Eating Gilbert Grape <laughs> are kind of similar in tone and theming a little bit they are very very different movies yeah for sure i'd say this one's a little more i think it's false hopeful whereas the other movies this this boy's life is very depressing hopeful if that makes sense 
Yeah, they both kind of have a happy ending, but this one, it's sort of like, it has a happy ending because that's just sort of what happens. And there isn't really any, I would say that this movie is almost more of a slice of life movie where this boy's life is like, it's a complete narrative where it's following this entire, I mean, boy's life. So, so like when, at the very end, when there's the happy ending of sorts at, in this boy's life, it's because he's overcome something. Where in this one, it's just because, well, this stuff happened and now it's time for the next one. Yeah, entering a different stage of life. I definitely say yeah. this one was a lot, the ending of this was a lot more bittersweet. Because, like, yeah. his circumstances change, but also they don't, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and I guess, uh, the main character, Johnny Depp, he wasn't really striving for much, uh-huh. you know, like there wasn't a big, he, he wasn't a very directed person. He, he just like, he wanted to spend more time with this girl that he met. Yeah. That was basically the, like his, his whole, uh, objective throughout the movie. And, Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the ending, the ending doesn't hit as hard, but um i'd i yeah i'd say it's it's this one's more bittersweet for sure but i i think someone else i think it depends on the viewer though for for real well i guess yeah i guess for especially like which one resonates more depends on the viewer Mm -hmm. Um, um i would say that i kind of liked this one a little bit more they're both they're both real they're both very good and I liked a lot about both of them. I kind of liked this one a little more because it took place in the American Midwest where I grew up. But mm. also it, uh, also this is just a slice of life movie. And in general, I, if they're done well, I really like like a good slice of life movie a lot more than um, just in general. Like I like good slice of life movies essentially. And yeah, I, feel I that. Yeah, I wouldn't say that this was like my favorite of that genre either but just because it was very good and it, you know, hit all those boxes and had a lot of people that I recognized and liked, I, I liked this one. Mm-hmm. That's fair, yeah. I, um, do you want to get more into the actors, I guess? We can do plot later, more specific. Yeah, points. yeah, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk just briefly about the actors. The first one I want to talk about, just because it's going to be very brief, Crispin Glover. He was my favorite character by far in this entire movie. Which one was he? He was was the Undertaker's son. Oh, him. (laughs) Wait, really? He seemed like a very plain character to me. I loved him because he was so hilarious all the time. Because he was just like so (laughs) jovial. And anytime he talked to anybody, they were always like really turned off by him. Like there was one time that... uh, him and John C. Riley and uh, Johnny Depp are all sitting in the cafe, and the husband of the guy that Johnny Depp's um, that the, the husband of the woman that Johnny Depp is involved with comes by and like talks to Johnny Depp and says, "Hey, I'm waiting for your call." And then Crispin Glover says, "Hey, how's your mom?" And he goes, "She's doing fine," and leaves, <laughs> just because like. Anytime he talked to someone, it, they were just like, you're probably just scouting for work, aren't you, Undertaker? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. 
Yeah, I thought that like, so he didn't have very much to do in this movie. He was very, very much a side character. But every mm-hmm. time he said something, it was like, it, it was, was cool. it was, it was a really funny, like every time he said something, it was really funny to me. Mm-hmm. There's not much to say about him, just that he had the best lines in the movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, okay. I, that's that's cool. I, I guess, yeah, I, I could have been paying more attention to his scenes because, yeah, I didn't notice that from his character. But it was I, it was a very, like, it was a much more subtle performance, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I, might, I might be tripping because I just wasn't paying attention, but yeah. Well, it's also because, like, he was never trying to be funny. Like, he was just kind of a funny guy. Yeah, it was deadpan. The one... The one time he tries to make a joke, it's about, uh, it's, it's when John C. Riley asks him if him and his dad ever fool around with the bodies. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, the worst thing we ever do, this is pretty funny, is we, we sometimes, we see the bodies just laying there and you know, they're defenseless, they can't do anything. So we just, <laughs> we just like, we make some really dumb jokes at their expense and they're dead. Like they, they don't care, they can't hear us. <laughs> and I'm like that's not even that's not even that funny that's not what they asked <laughs> yeah it's, it's like I, well i mean he he knows what they asked and he's telling them specifically no we do not practice pet necrophilia but also yeah. like what he thinks is kind of funny is not at all and i just and like the way he delivers it is so like awkward hilarious to me <laughs> yeah I do remember that scene. I thought that was cool. It, it's like, I guess it feels it feels kind of offbeat for the movie, but I think it fits really well of just like the small town. It kind of reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite, honestly. It's yeah, like this movie weird. is just like, there's a couple of small town quirky characters and what happens when they all get together, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, who um, else was there? I really liked uh, the, honestly, the mother she was i thought that she was maybe the best performance in this that wasn't leonardo dicaprio yeah just she really captured the um i don't because again hers was a lot more subtle but she had to capture this like angry like because her character is really deep in that like you know basically her her husband killed himself i think that was it right i think I don't know. It wasn't ever outright said. Yeah, it wasn't outright stated. He may have killed himself. He may have just run away. Yeah. He may have died some other way. But, like, in any case, he got out of there at some point. Mm -hmm. And he is probably dead. Yeah. Unclear whether those two things are related. Essentially, yeah, she's playing a character that is through dealing with depression through, like, gluttony i guess um extreme yeah. gluttony and uh and she doesn't really she doesn't i guess this kind of symbolizes she feels like she she doesn't want to face the world um she didn't want to face the world after her husband's death and it only gets worse because uh she gets well, okay. really extremely overweight yeah by the time the movie happens she all she actually more or less cannot leave the house. She gets mm-hmm. winded climbing up three sta- three stairs. She mostly just stays on the couch. She has a hard time even moving by that point. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. When, when she's oh sorry. Oh, I just her her character. Um, 
I, I love how like because she's 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 a essentially an authority figure in the house, but she really captures that sense of hope. It's like she knows she doesn't really have much authority and like much respect, so she's yeah. kind of doing it out of insecurity essentially. Um, yeah, and you you catch it. Sud- there's very subtle uh, ways that she like uses her her voice essentially because yeah she can't can't really do much physically honestly because like yeah her character um doesn't move that much but um yeah her facial expressions and the voice really really sold this um trying like trying to cling on what could whatever authority she has left or control over her life she has um yeah and i think that uh i think that her performance actually like was kind of um i don't know if that's the right word i want to say that her performance ended up hitting hardest or more her character arc ended up hitting hardest because she uh starts out as just the butt of jokes like johnny depp is just constantly cracking jokes about her behind her back all the time he Mm -hmm. kind of hates her but also she's his mother yeah um and then like she's and she doesn't seem she kind of seems like the actress is leaning into it sometimes, like not necessarily trying to be a joke and trying to play as a joke, but she's not explicitly leaning out of it. But then by the end, she's become through a couple of key events, like a very sympathetic character. And she's kind of a tragic character. I mean, she is in general, but you see like, she's a lot deeper than just this joke character they introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it it kind of slowly unravels, um, and I think it, it just really shows that like her, like it, it's it's kind of like a message to those like suffering, and then they deal like with their suffering in different ways. Like obviously, like she never intended to become. I think I think it was like three hundred or some pounds um yeah oh probably just, more than that but yeah probably more yeah it just kind of happens and um she doesn't really she's kind of in some ways she's like just kind of a victim of her of her grief um from her husband passing away um mm-hmm. and it's just because there's no i love i i think it's just a really good character because it there's no um it's like she's not She's not a bad person, you know. She's she's just kind of dealt a, sh- a shitty hand in life, and yeah, she just wasn't in her case. She just wasn't able to deal with it uh, the best she could. Um, mm-hmm. So so she's like, because she's like, honestly, the her actions on the outside make you definitely lead you to to not like her, right? Just kind of like Johnny Depp, Jeff, yeah, uh, Gilbert Grape, essentially. Um, but as you as you get to know her, like you don't want to like her, but then also like you do sympathize or empathize with her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that um, whole that whole I, and I loved how it balanced out with uh, a Audrey Adrian. Sorry, what was Leo's name? Arnie. 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 Yeah, it really balances out with Arnie in that because um, Johnny Depp is trying to support these two characters specifically one is one is kind of you know they didn't really have a chance and um 
they they can't really fend for themselves the mother and so like johnny depp definitely feels a sense of risk like a forced sense of responsibility um mm-hmm. to help his brother out and then the mother is kind of more of a he has to choose whether like how much he he does for her if that makes sense because yeah um, and so both of those characters sort of lead into johnny depp's whole problem in this gilbert great because there's he is he, there's no reason except for these two characters that he couldn't just like pack up leave this town and probably go be successful doing something mm-hmm. but he has but he has to he sort of has this responsibility to take care of these two characters because i mean his sisters can help him out but they're younger sisters and they don't care about responsibilities and he's he has a job and he knows these people and he kind of he knows their whole story right so yeah well i think the it's definitely hinting towards like he's essentially it kind of dates the movie but he's essentially like the man of the house um yeah so i think there's this like also societal i I wouldn't say specifically for this character um i think he would have done it either way but like there is a societal perspective from the audience that um at the time might have been more more meaningful in that he he, he's the man of the house he has he he has to look out for the family because the the dad you know left and he's the oldest so. I don't disagree with you, but I don't think that would be that much different today because he is still the oldest. Like if one of his sisters <laughs> was older than him and, you know, equally responsible, then, hey, it could be what's eating any grape or something. Like, I don't um, think it would be that much different, would it? Uh, well, I think just the, like, I, I think they could have made a movie like this nowadays, like for sure. I think there's mm-hmm. like the added effect of, him specifically being like not only the oldest but like the only like uh well like the only capable man i guess okay. uh, of of uh leading the family mm-hmm. um it, it, it i think it kind of has a more intrinsic effect back then but i still like i don't think it affects it that much because he again i i think he was doing it much more out of sympathy than any like yeah societal pressure um, right yeah so who else was there i i i can't really think of any like john c Riley. i've never seen this guy like this tame in a movie if i'm gonna be honest I, like it was very impressive i actually gotta say like i really i really liked his character arc as well because it was it was very simple and it was like it was very simple but also i was invested in it the whole time his character I don't know what his character does at the start. I think he's a carpenter or something. So he's like helping, he helps Johnny Depp fix his, uh, he helps Gilbert Grape fix the basement and stuff. Um, but his entire character arc is that he's really fascinated by this fast food chain called Burger Barn. And what he <laughs> wants to do is he wants to bring a Burger Barn to their city and manage the Burger Barn. He wants to, he wants to become a franchise owner of Burger Barn yeah which i mean i was invested in that the whole time every time johnny john c Riley was on screen i was like okay what's the update about burger barn son so i mean 
it was there's not that much to say about him because that's really all he did but i really liked him in this movie because like you said he was tame and subtle but also like i was constantly invested in his uh in his character arc because he was so enthusiastic about it every time he brought it up yeah that i don't know if he felt the same way but he was a very i i just liked how like he i i think his his comedic I guess he doesn't really have comedic chops, but just in, in this movie specifically, but I think he has like a his warm persona or charisma definitely mm-hmm. like helps his comedy, but then also in this role where he's I think he's more of just kind of a straight man. Um Yeah. It it definitely helps. He, he just he just feels like a guy that, you know, wants to help, right? Well, and it's um, interesting to see him as a straight man, especially, you know, knowing John C. Riley now, because when he does comedy, he's, he plays the straight man role, but he's <laughs> always like, he always plays it like he's anyone but the straight man, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about Steve Brule, technically, he's the guy everyone's playing off of, but also he's the idiot on set. Yeah, yeah. So it evens out, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, but yeah, I liked how it, it was like a nice little subplot, you know, because yeah. the, they, they kind of hint at it at first. And honestly, like, you don't really think about the whole burger barn thing, but it keeps kind of coming up in hints. And then at the end, you kind of get it's like a nice payoff for a character. Yeah. And also, it's really nice because it's a very light story arc where this movie has quite a few heavier ones. Mm hmm. Yeah, I guess it, it also plays into the themes of, yeah, um, franchising and, like, a small town. I guess usually a plot point like this would be, like, pretty big in a movie, I guess, mm-hmm. given the themes. But, yeah, I, was just, I love how casual it is and, like, there's no, like, fight over <laughs> whether Burger Barn deserves to be in the, the county or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I like the simplicity of that. It was a cute little thing on the side because it's honestly like a very heavy plot. So, uh, yeah, uh, the love interests. There's two of them. Um, uh, I thought they were played well. I don't have as much to say about them as the other characters, though. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Juliet Lewis kind of played a quirky girl. And it's like, I, it wasn't a stereotypical role, necessarily, but it wasn't anything mm. super special, I would say. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I feel like the casting might have been a bit off with her. Because um, I think she is, the character is naturally supposed to be a very warm person to contrast, like, I think Johnny Depp's character comes off as, he's, he's warm, but he doesn't show it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, much more... Uh, closed off or emotionally closed off because I think um, because of the years, like I think with his mother and brother, he he has to learn to kind of suppress his emotions essentially. Um, But yeah, so I, I kind of wish, I think her character was supposed to be like a very warm and emotional and like kind of bring him out of his shell. Her, her natural charisma kind of leads me to believe she she isn't like that, even though the character right. was played like that. So maybe a little miscast, um, but I don't think like it really affected the movie in a huge way. Yeah. I think I can agree with pretty much all of that. Yeah. And then uh, the older love interest, what did you think of her 
So I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. Um, I think her name was Becky. The, <laughs> the, the, the actress name was Mary Steenbergen. Um, she, I thought she was pretty good. She had a very minor role. So like that definitely helped because I don't think she could have been in a much bigger, like she couldn't have been the main love interest. No. Um, I, I, I mean, she came, sorry. I just, I guess her arc was very confusing to me. I don't know why. I'm kind of confused why. I can kind of see why she was there, but her, it's just like her arc is, or her storyline is resolved very quickly and very easily. Uh, and it doesn't really affect the plot much. I was very confused. I don't know. If, I don't know though, because her storyline sort of like meanders through the entire plot because early on, well, she kind of doesn't get a lot of screen time early on, but she's the one that Johnny Depp has to keep making deliveries to. Mm-hmm. And then because uh, Johnny De- because Gilbert and her uh, are having an affair, and also he's good friends with her husband, her husband keeps trying to get him to call and that to call him about some kind of insurance or something. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually when that plot line does resolve, gosh, I guess it really doesn't affect anything, does it? No, like I was expecting a little more, um, but do, do, maybe do I want sorry? to get into slight spoilers? It's not. Um, I think we could. Yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah. So essentially, her her plot line ends with her husband dying. Um, in a really weird way, he has a heart attack and drowns in a pool. Yeah. Well, that was the. We don't know what actually happened. It's it's kept ambiguous on mm-hmm. purpose um and uh you're led to wonder whether she like killed because she gets insurance money essentially um because mm-hmm. they had life insurance and then she moves away and you're kind of left wondering whether she she murdered her husband to get the insurance because this this also this happened specifically when she she seemed to be kind of done with him and uh wanted to be with gilbert mm-hmm. you know uh, and she kind of had made her choice. So, yeah, and then she, and then her, like, she doesn't really get many consequences, and then she just, she kind of leaves with her kids, and she says bye to Gilbert, and it, I guess it's, at that point, it's kind of like an open secret that, like, they were having an affair. Um, yeah. But yeah, and well, after... I mean, Gilbert's friends knew. Gilbert's friends knew, but then, like, you saw her, like, her talking with Gilbert in the store that he works at, and then like the managers, like uh, you could kind of tell from their body language that they knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with uh, yeah, and then she kisses him in the store. So like, yeah, I do, I found that really weird. I thought it was actually like quite an interesting storyline until because it, it also played into. Gilbert having to choose what he wants with his life. Um, but then it would just, it was very conveniently pushed to the side. So it like, it might've, it might've been the, I don't know what the writers were thinking. Like maybe they thought the, the ending would have been too, too hectic if they kept her in. Uh, well, I think, I think more, cause at the ending of this movie, um, not that he necessarily does, but Gilbert is kind of untethered from uh, this town and could leave if he wants to. 
basically, I think that 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 she's really in there just to sort of show where he is at the beginning. And then by the end, when she's no longer around, that's another thing that he's not, you know, being tied down to the town well, with. Well, there is that one she mentions. He chose, she chose him because she knew that he wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. When, so that might've been part of his character progression or intended to be where he's, he's realizing that like, People like people just kind of assume this of his life that he's he's kind of stuck and that he's not going to do anything with his life. Um, so in a subtle way, like I think they could have reflected that more in the writing uh, that that was the case. But um, I guess that's the only reason I can think of, honestly, for that plotline mm-hmm. being there. Other than yeah, I guess just showing it also factors into like he's just a very confused person emotionally. Um, and that kind of established that at the start really quickly. Right. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anyone else you want to talk about? Or I think that's about all the characters, really. Yeah. There weren't many characters. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess should we... I mean, at this point, let's just say flat out there's spoilers now. I mean, we've already yeah. spoiled one thing, but, like, in general, there's now spoilers. Yeah. So... But do um, we want to talk that much about the plot? I don't know that there's that much to say about the plot, honestly. Say. I guess there's the the ending um, mm. with uh, uh, I don't know. I I wasn't a huge fan of the ending. Well, I guess it was bittersweet. I don't because again, Gilbert doesn't really learn much. It's just like he kind of gets a way like he gets a reason to get to leave the town and that his mother then, his mother died mm-hmm. um but then and but then, then also, also at the end it ends with him in the exact same spot that it begins so clearly uh, he didn't leave the town what no no because he was going to go off in the trailer oh i guess that's true yeah so he kind of leaves with uh, his new girl and her mother um right but then, it, but then, like, because I feel like the main, the main plot was Gilbert's kind of deciding how he's how is he gonna balance his life between the girl, his the girl that he loves, and his family, and then essentially it kind of ends with he his mom dies, so he gets to ditch his family, and he just brings his little brother along, and everything's good, um, which isn't terrible. But like, I again, yeah, he doesn't really learn anything, and his character doesn't really change. It's just kind of like, oh, like his mom died, so like he he didn't make the choice of mom, I gotta leave you, like I love you, but like this this isn't for me. I can't do this anymore, you know? Um, right. And uh, and then you kind of get that that point of uh, he's finally making decisions for himself and not and not just for his family. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, and in, in the end, he doesn't really make a choice. He just kind of life life works out, and he gets to leave. Um, mm-hmm. And and I guess yeah, I guess yeah. The only thing that changes is that he's with someone he loves that also can help him care for his little brother. Right. So yeah. Uh, so I didn't love that. Um, and then I. 
other than that though like yeah the plot's pretty basic uh mm -hmm. i love the I, I honestly loved the <laughs> i felt terrible for the the husband whose wife was cheating on him uh i thought his plot line like there's lots of tension whenever you saw you had a scene with him and uh i guess i was just really i was really surprised that 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 yeah the husband i guess he never really finds out um but maybe in a way he's kind yeah. of a rep he kind of represents gilbert grape but older in some ways and that he's he's kind of stuck with his family that doesn't really care for him and he's just really pissed off with life i guess but again you get that like that's never explicit because he's always just the happiest dude every time you see him well until I'm he's like, with his family or like oh yeah because his kids uh the main the main thing with him is his kids want a pool even though he just bought them a trampoline and he's just trying to make his kids happy, but they're never happy. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it, it kind of resembles Gilbert, Gilbert's plot line, but yeah, that's not, I don't think it's obvious enough. Yeah. It's certainly, it's, it's certainly like this could be Gilbert in the future, but also it's never, he's not close enough that it's explicit, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah uh yeah other than that like directing was again kind of meh yeah. i thought the directing was like this and the last movie i thought the directing is fine but it wasn't yeah. it didn't stand out for me there was nothing like these both kind of feel like you know 90s small indie movies about families which is what they are but there's nothing that really sets them apart in any way Aside yeah. from, well, at a directing level. Yeah. Uh, really, really, these movies are mostly about the actors. Mm -hmm. um, what about the soundtrack? I, I remember the music being kind of all right. I don't know. The music fit, and the beginning and ending specifically were pretty good, but I don't really remember anything that well. Like, it, it was fitting for the movie, but it didn't really stand out. Yeah. This is this just seems like a well. At least these first two movies, is, Leo probably picked his choices pretty well because, um, yeah, like a movie like this, the actor, like you said, probably just has to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, um, and uh, it really worked out for him because, yeah, honestly, he was a huge part of why this movie is probably memorable in a lot of ways. It's. Um, I think he's most of the reason, and I'm not. I'm not just saying that because he was the best acting in the movie. I'm saying that because like when people think when people bring up early Leonardo DiCaprio, they bring up Gilbert Grape, and I've never heard it brought up for any other reason. For any other reason. Yeah, like yeah. you could like Johnny Depp, I, I don't think is I don't think you put him like a bad performance, but his character is just naturally supposed to be non like very non-charismatic and non-screen grabbing. Mm -hmm. Uh so he was kind of yeah. He got kind of shafted, in my opinion. They they could have picked someone else, but um, he uh, like he he played his role really well, anyways. Mm. But uh, yeah. So as far as Leonardo DiCaprio goes, I can like this movie definitely starts setting the stage for his future presence in the film industry. Yeah, I think 
what I'm noticing, especially with these two first movies, uh, with these first two movies, they're both sort of indie movies. So he's going, well, not, not really indie movies, but neither of them is a blockbuster by any means. Mm-hmm. So like he's picking indie movies and he also, I don't know if this was intentional on his part or if he just got really lucky in both of these movies, he's playing with like, he's playing alongside super A-listers or at the very least people who would become that. Cause in his first one, his first performance in a movie is alongside Robert De Niro, which holy crap. Like how do you score that as your first performance, right? Yeah. And then in his second one, he's in almost every scene with Johnny Depp. And also this movie has so many other future A-listers in it. Yeah, it's it's and weird. I, see... His Sorry. agent must be really good. Sorry, I, just, I need to mention that because... Yeah, there, for sure. Two and... amazing catches for role. Also, we'll also probably like, obviously he's, he was very talented from a young age. Mm-hmm. And this is also, this is going to carry on into the next one, because in the next movie that we're going to watch, that's going to be the first time he starred alongside someone he actually, he actually is in a couple of movies with that we're going to watch, Mark Wahlberg. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. uh, The Departed, and what's the other one? The Basketball Diaries. That's the next one we're doing. I guess that's a spoiler, but. Yeah, okay. No, is there (laughs) another movie other than those two that him and Mark Wahlberg were in? Maybe I, th- I the ones I can think of are the Departed and the Basketball Diaries, but there might there may not actually be another one. I, f- okay. I felt like there was. Okay, maybe not. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I guess they were both really good in Departed, so I'm excited to see them in this. Mm-hmm. Be nice. And I guess like if we're already teasing the next episode, should we kind of wind up Gilbert Grape? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, in general, I thought it was good. I mean, you've heard our thoughts by now. Like, it's worth watching. I don't know that I would... I don't know that it's the kind of movie that I would have gone out of my way to watch if I wasn't trying to see all of Leonardo DiCaprio's movies. But I am definitely very glad I watched it. Uh, same. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I honestly probably... That's why I love this series. Um, I probably would never have watched this movie. I'm going to, or maybe not never, but like, it's just not the type of movie that I find really appealing. Um, And and that, yeah, it's just a very small time, small time movie, very slow plot in the nineties. But yeah, I I watched it. I thought it was a really cool experience either way. But what I will, but what I will say is even though this is not the kind of movie I normally would have watched, I watched it twice and I enjoyed it both times. So this is definitely worth your time if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't know if you want, should watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, but yeah. And I, I, cool. it's just another step in step number two in Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so uh, next time, I don't think we're skipping any movies yet. Next time is going to be, I believe his third movie. Let me just double no, check. There is, a, there is a few in the middle. They're just not big at all. Okay, so I guess I should point out at this point, so far, we have talked about Leonardo DiCaprio's first two movies. Uh, no, it's going to be his third movie. Really? After this one, after this one we're going to start skipping. Oh, we're okay. not going to talk oh, about sure. every one of them because there's a lot. But yeah. um, the next movie that we're going to talk about is, gonna, is his third movie. 
the basketball diaries. And then after that, we're going to uh, start sort of fast tracking because part of the, because uh, we only have limited time. So we got to go through all three major eras of Leonardo DiCaprio. And so we've picked out key spots in those eras. And what are those? Oh yeah. In, what are the eras again? I forget. So we're still in early, we're still in like early Leonardo DiCaprio. I gave them like really explicit names. I got to find those. But we're still in early, we're still in like early Leonardo DiCaprio. Then there's going to be the post Titanic era, which is where he's like, now that he's a mega star, thanks to Titanic, he's getting like big, big roles. And then after that is late state, or like, uh, that's that's late era Leonardo DiCaprio, not modern era yet, but that's late era where you're getting everything up to his Oscar. Mm-hmm. So you can look forward to things like uh, J. Edgar, Inception, uh, maybe the Man in the Iron Mask. Who knows? We might uh, we might add that in there. Probably his best era, in my opinion. Which one? The the last one? The middle one. Sorry. The middle one, that's the one that's got The Beach, Catch Me If You Can, Gangs of New York, The Aviator. My goodness. Yeah, you're right. That's, that might be his best one. By far. Holy. I'm going to have to look at all these and like figure out what our schedule is because we got cha- got to add a couple of movies as well. And maybe if this series goes really well, we'll revisit it in the future and clean up the rest. Yeah. That'd be nice. I, yeah, literally every single movie. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, how many are there in here? It has its own Wikipedia page, so that's yeah. what I know. That's what I know. It's a lot. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So we're going to be covering fifteen, and I have hit Blood Diamond, and we're still at, and we we just hit sixteen in general in total. So clearly, we're not covering everything. We're only going to yeah. hit fifteen in this series, but it looks like probably about thirty. Damn, quality over quantity, um, so. Oh, 30, good. but then also four of those, four of those are documentaries, which we could take out because he's just the narrator or himself. And then mm-hmm. one of those is a short film, so we can take that out. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be missing probably between 10 and 15 movies after the series is over. Mm. That's fine. I, I, yeah. I think even despite his stature, I, I, he's been in some bad stuff at least as far as i know that is true i gotta say of the ones that i saw there none of the ones that i had seen were that so it would be interesting like especially going back because the movies we picked for this are primarily ones that are important and like mostly ones that are looked back upon really really well Mm -hmm. so it would be interesting to go back and maybe watch some of the ones that people thought were duds which yeah. are, there's not very many, but it would still be interesting to look at those. Yeah, I'm down. That'd be sick. All right. Well, tune in next week for the Basketball Diaries. And of course, probably, I'm not sure when these are coming out, but either you just heard another episode of Classic Movies Live before this, or you're going to hear one afterwards. I don't know. Maybe we're talking about, we might be talking about summer 2020 at this point. I'm not sure. We had a bunch of episodes logged up, so. Who knows? No one knows. <laughs> We will find out eventually. Yeah, actually, by the time this comes out, there's going to be, we're going to be talking about summer 2020 or like old movies. Not sure. Yeah. See you. Thanks for listening. Thank you all. See you next week.